0: everybody. What is going on? Happy Tuesday and welcome to Grinders Live on RotoGrinders.com. I'm Eric Crane I'm joined by my Cardinals buddy. We're going to talk some Cardinals today. Justin Benson. Justin, how are we doing on this beautiful Tuesday?
1: Oh, we're doing okay. We still got baseball for now, so I guess we can uh, roll with it. I know that, uh, you know, it's just in the back of my mind of what happened with basketball and uh, a night we were on the air that night and then the basketball went... Uh, went downhill there that night in mid-March. So uh, hopefully we don't have a similar outcome with baseball. I personally think it's a it's a long shot that the season continues without interruption, but uh, that's the pessimist in me, I suppose. But for tonight, for daily fantasy, the good news is we uh, we only have to worry about tonight. I I cannot fathom running a season-long fantasy uh, baseball league at this point, but uh, we don't have to worry about that here. So it's a great day.
0: Yeah, you run the season-long league and you're done in 8 days. Like if you Whoever wins the first week just wins then, right?
1: Uh, the person who wins the first week would be happy with that uh, ruling, I guess. But the other uh, 11 or, or 13 or however many owners probably uh, would uh, not be so pleased.
0: Yeah, I I would personally fight for, you know, the person who was leading after week one to be the champion if I was that person. Otherwise, I would probably fight against it. I would 100% be selfish in that.
1: Game. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you know, most people are. That's the way it goes in the in the gambling space, for sure. So uh, I don't think, uh, don't think that other first place owners wouldn't be in the same boat in the same boat as you.
0: Yeah, and but I'm definitely gonna get crap. They're gonna say, oh, "How could you?" You're not, You would just want to, you know, even it out for everybody, keep it fair. Blah blah blah. No, no I'm taking first place. <laughs> so, I can get it. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, of course, for those of you. We've been living under a rock. The Marlins are going to be gone for at least what we got at least a week. And then the, the mayor of Miami came out and said that, you know, if they're going to come back, they need to quarantine for 14 days. I, I don't know what the Marlins are going to do. Like I really have no idea what to expect from the Marlins, the Phillies series that got canceled. Suddenly the Yankees are playing the Orioles this weekend. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess, Justin, and I, and I feel like, you kind of mentioned this before, I feel like it's going to get worse, but like you said, that's why we play daily. That's why we're sitting around, you know, playing just tonight so we don't have to worry about um, what happens in a month. If in a month we have baseball, great, and if not, that is okay. We do have baseball tonight, and it's another slate tonight where we have got not quite as many awful pitching options, but it's not like we're sitting out. You know, sitting here looking at opening day rosters, you know, Walker Bueller, he's essentially unplayable tonight because he's only going to go three or four innings. And then after that, it's Kyle Gibson, it's Jeff Samarja. Uh, it gets ugly really quick here, Justin. Like, what are you doing at the pitch position tonight?
1: I don't know, really, um, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's about as bad as what we saw last night. I guess maybe a little better, but. You said Bueller's unplayable. I agree. Um, we've got his projected ownership at 27% on DraftKings right now. I do think you will see people play him, and I think that's a mistake. He's only going to go three or four innings, uh, and he's on the road against the best offense or one of the best offenses in baseball. So I, I don't see why you would pay the premium. I mean, he's $11,300 on DraftKings. I don't see why you would pay the premium for Bueller uh, when you're only, you know, you've got a five inning ceiling. Without question, uh, I think in the last intra-squad game that he pitched, or maybe it was an exhibition—I can't remember if it was against an opposing team or, or his own team—but he only threw two innings. So I just—it makes no sense to pay up for Bueller tonight. So he's off the table, and there are no other starters of uh, top two in the rotation quality for for any team tonight. Uh, and so that makes it—that that's what's part of what's going to give Bueller some ownership but it also makes it really challenging like are you paying 10k for Merrill Kelly on DraftKings are you paying 9700 for Kyle Gibson it's all relative but i think you know perhaps the answer tonight is just to go cheap and 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 load up the bats like the guy who won the $66 entry fee tournament on DraftKings for 50k had Mike Fultonavich, who was the most expensive pitcher that's on the important. board and scored that's negative impressive.
0: points that's impressive
1: so, you know he hit all the bats on a night where there's a ton of home runs which is what that person did last night. It doesn't matter what you got in the pitching spots. If none of the pitchers are scoring a ton of points. So why not just go cheap? I mean, he he did it with Fulton Avich as the most expensive pitcher, which is even more impressive. I don't think you're going to see that again. I mean, there's going to be somebody in these cheaper ranges that score 20 fantasy points or 30 on FanDuel or something like that. And that's who you're going to need to have tonight. I don't think there's a must have guy. I think it's a nice night to diversify in your GPP lineups. Uh, because, you know, the guy that the herd is going to isn't any great shakes above the rest by any means. So you
0: mentioned, you know, Walker Buehler. We're not going to mess them. him. Kyle Gibson, maybe he's the thing. I like Jeff Samarja tonight. And that sort of explains what kind of slate this is, because, well, Jeff Samarja stinks. Um, I, I'm just going to ask you about Samarja, because I really want him to talk about it. Again because I know that he's not good. I know that he was sort of scratched 3 different times. <laughs> you know, when we were looking at uh when we were looking at this slate in Los Angeles where they said, "Oh, we we were never going to start." And then he was going to start. I'm a little bit concerned about that. But it's still a pitcher pitching in San Francisco against a lineup that strikes out a lot. Am I being too simplistic here?
1: Well, not from the fact that I mean, it's in San Francisco against a lineup that strikes out a lot. I think that uh, that logic is sound. Um, there were some concerns about his velocity and his arm, which were the same concerns that people had about Fulton Avich last night. Uh, and he got DFA'd before the end of the day. So I'm not trying to draw parallels to to Samarja um, by any means. But it, it is a risk, the unknown of him getting pushed back uh, the Padres do have four lefties in there tonight, though none of them are extreme power threats. So Samarja has been tagged by lefty bats in the past, uh, but the biggest power bats for the the Padres, Tatis and Machado and Tommy Pham all hit from the right side. So uh, the matchup is good, and, uh, I mean, I'm just not super confident in Samarja. I'd probably be overweight on him based on our ownership projections, but it's not like I would be looking to go all in with a guy who you don't know if they're just going to use him as an opener. You know, the Giants have kind of embraced that philosophy a little bit. Are they only going to let him pitch three innings? We just don't know uh, what they're going to do with Samarja. So wouldn't go all in on him, but probably will be overweight.
0: If he only pitches like two or three innings, I'm going to be pissed. I will not be happy <laughs> if, I, if my lineups just go up in flames after three innings in the Padres game. Yeah, Especially they when I, have I mean, they,
1: they don't necessarily – go up in flames if if he only pitches three innings because it's not like there's a ton of aces on the slate. So and people are going to be playing Bueller at the same amount of innings. So I don't think it torpedoes your lineups. Um and I'm look but I'm looking to see so Smiley pitched in the last game and only gave up one run and they only let him throw sixty four pitches. Uh the game before that Webb threw seventy pitches. And then I think in their, in, in their opener, it was Cueto. And then the second game, they used kind of a, 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 an opener and then a long reliever, Gaussman, came in um, in long relief. And now I'm going back to the opener. I'm going to see how many pitches they let Cueto throw. They let Cueto 63 pitches. Uh, so the highest pitch count that the Giants have let a starter throw so far is 70. And that's probably a good baseline for Samarja, given the fact that he's gotten scratched twice. I mean, um, again, it's all relative in the context of the slate, but I wouldn't expect him to throw more than 70 pitches.
0: What about our boy Carlos Martinez? We got got to talk about Carlos Martinez, because I'm sure you spent all offseason reading the same reports I did that says that Carmar is back, looked great in camp, he really dedicated himself to becoming a starter and becoming healthy in the off season, which I know we've heard before, all right. I fully understand that that's something that in St. Louis. We have heard a time or two against the twins though i like, I like this upside, I really do, especially at low ownership. Come on, come on board with me on Carlos Martinez cards.
1: yeah, I'm a little more on board there. I think um, you know the, the twins have a scary lineup they've scored a bunch of runs already. Uh, it's all between the years with martinez I mean. He looks terrible sometimes, and he lets bad calls get to him or one fielding mistake, and all of a sudden, innings unravel. Uh, And when that happens, it's going to be bad news for him. He did get stretched out a little more. Uh, They played an exhibition against the Royals last week. He threw four innings in that game. So, you're not out of the realm that they might let him go five, six innings, uh, 80 pitches or so tonight, and uh, and, and go from there. I mean, they kind of let Flaherty go based on how he was throwing – in the first game. And, you know, the Cardinals really haven't had a quick hook on their guys in the first few games. So I think uh, his leash, so to speak is a little bit longer than some of the other pitchers you have tonight. And uh, another pitcher whose weakness is generally left-handed bats. And so uh, again, the twins, their biggest power threats, guys like Cruz, uh, Donaldson hit from the right side. They do have some lefties in there, Kepler, Rosario, that can do some damage, but if he can keep those guys off the bases, I think he could have a, a solid night tonight, but people see the matchup, you know, the price tag's pretty high. Unsure about his innings. He hasn't started in a while. I understand the the pause there, um, but I do think his ceiling is, is a little bit higher than, than some people are giving him credit for, particularly when you consider that the other, you know, mid to high tier options we have tonight are low strikeout guys like Kyle Gibson and, Homer Bailey and Zach Davies. And, I mean, none of those guys are, are going to be all that exciting.
0: Zach Davies feel like feels like maybe from a run prevention standpoint, the safest option to me. Yeah. Anytime somebody's facing the Giants in San Francisco, I'm going to have interest. Not a lot of strikeouts, though, with Davies. Low projected ownership. But it wouldn't surprise me if they let him throw, you know, five innings. I, I don't hate the idea of playing Zach Davies as kind of a stabilizer because on a slate where – Pitching, much like last night, is unlikely to win it for us. It feels to me like Zach Davies is perfectly fine today.
1: Yeah, Davies is fine. Like you mentioned, he's one of the stronger run prevention options on the board. Uh, the Padres have one of uh, – or excuse me, the Pirates have one of the uh, lowest – I think that might be the lowest implied team total right there with a couple of others kind of in that uh, um, four-point – Sorry, I got him backwards again. He plays for the Padres now. He's, he's, facing, he's the facing the Giants.
0: He's facing the Giants. I had didn't... him
1: had him on the old uh, Brewers team facing the Pirates. But Pirates-Giants, whichever weak offense he's facing, uh, the, the opponent only has a 4.2 run implied team total. So, uh, good park to pitch in. Again, whether it's the Pirates in PNC or the Giants in San Francisco, whichever jersey decides he wants to put on, I suppose he'll decide to be a Padre. Uh, but good matchup from a run prevention standpoint Uh, probably has a safe-ish floor uh, given the fact that he's probably going to go more innings than Bueller. kind of feels gross paying a mid-level price tag for Zach Davies but um, I I don't mind it I I think he's a perfectly viable option like him a little bit better on multi-pitcher sites where you need to try to jam into having him as your only pitcher on FanDuel feels a little bit less exciting but Again, there's not a lot to love
0: tonight. Yeah, every, every, all these guys are not exciting. Like, you look at all these guys, and I'm not doing backflips over them. Chalky yeah. Patrick Sandoval. we got to talk about Chalky Patrick Sandoval. He's a guy that had some strikeout upside, not necessarily stressed out. He reminds me a lot of Josh James yesterday. and He actually has the same matchup as Josh James did yesterday. James, of course, incredibly chalky led a lot of people down giving up runs to the Mariners. I stacked the Mariners. They didn't quite score enough for me, though. But um, Patrick Sandoval, a guy we're looking at 35% ownership over on DraftKings, Price down at 6.6K. What do you think about him? Because I guess he's fine because these other arms down here are wildly unexciting. So
1: they are. Um, I mean, I think I prefer Limblom if I'm picking between the two. Uh, just because he's cheaper Um, at least I'm using DK salaries I would have to pull up FanDuel but Sandoval 6,600 on on DK Um, so you're getting a $1,500 discount Limbaugh I'm all the way down at 5,100 in a favorable matchup against Pittsburgh and uh, you know this is a guy that showed pretty good stuff in the KBO now we know that uh, the KBO is certainly a step down from the major leagues but Uh, He was one of the best pitchers over there and, you know, comes over to take on an offense that's in all aspects, pretty underwhelming. Uh, You know, it's another good matchup for run prevention and he's only 5,100 bucks on DraftKings, And you've got a, you know, Colin Moran hitting cleanup and Brian Reynolds and Phillip Evans and Guillermo Haredi. I mean, it's not a major league quality lineup that the pirates are throwing out there outside of, you know, the, the top couple of guys and Josh Bell and, you know, Frazier are fine, but, Uh, it's not an elite offense that you need to be scared of. And he's the third cheapest pitcher on the board. So that is where I'm going, I guess, for my value over Sandoval. Um, And then, you know, let you load up on the bats a little bit.
0: Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh, not a team that's going to strike out a lot this year. Derek Shelton's really got that club. He is doing nothing but preaching, take pitches, take pitches, take pitches, foul pitches off. Like he does not want these starters to get a lot of strikeouts, but for 5.1 K you don't need a ton of strikeouts, and it's not like any of these other names are going to be racking up a ton. of okay, Ks. Antonio Cinzatella, 13% strikeout rate. Derek Collins stinks at baseball. Kyle Zimmer, no. Matt Hall, uh uh-uh. Rony Garcia, nope, nope, nope. I mean, these other names, I just can't do it. Justice Sheffield, he was a guy that was incredibly highly talented when he was coming up, I believe, with the Yankees, and unfortunately he gets a matchup tonight at the Angels where he's a left-handed pitcher. Throwing against Trout, throwing against Rendon. I don't really want to mess with that. So you're kinda of left with Sandoval and with Josh Limbaugh down here. And I I don't know. Zach I'd rather play Zach Davies than Justin Sheffield. <laughs> we should talk about well, oh, I don't know why we have to, but the Merrill Kelly, Kyle Gibson matchup, you know, it's <laughs> these guys stink, but I mean it's they're in play. I I, I think I will have lineups tonight where I am paying $10,000 for Merrill Kelly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Um, I mean, it, and you're not going to be the only one doing it, too. Eh? You know, the total in that game is nine, um, which is the lowest you're going to find tonight. A couple games at nine. Uh, it's ugly out there. Now, these guys have the benefit of being proven pitchers at the major league level, uh, but it's not like the ceiling is all that high. And, I mean, certainly I'm rostering them before I roster Bueller. Um, but
0: I mean, it's just such a funny statement. I'm definitely rostering Merrill Kelly for 10k. If this
1: was a normal slate, if we were three weeks into the season, Walker Bueller would be like 70% owned
0: tonight. I would be over the field on Walker Bueller.
1: I mean, even against Houston, he would be owned. That's just the difference between his quality, uh, the quality of his arm versus the other guys you have tonight. And it's you know, we can't just come on here and give you a magic potion and say this is the guy because that guy does not exist. Yeah. Uh, everybody thought it was James last night and he almost got there. I mean, he, he still posted a pretty good score uh relatively speaking on the slate and if he doesn't give up that big hit in the third inning or fourth inning or whatever it was, um he posted some pretty good strikeout numbers so you know, he would have been in uh, in the range of the highest scoring pitcher on the night. So I just think you're well positioned if you take a little bit of a chance on somebody a little bit cheaper. If somebody in that 5, 6, 7K range outscores these 10K guys um, or or at least, you know, matches them, then you're ahead of the boat because you have more to spend at pitcher than everybody else. So, again, it's not pretty. I, I can see sprinkling in Kelly and Gibson and, and the like in, in mm-hmm. tournaments. Uh, Martinez would probably be my preferred option at a little bit lower ownership. Uh, but, you know, really my only strong take here is that you just – you can't play Bueller. You know, I was
0: reading a cheese's article today, and he brought up – he wrote up Carlos Martinez, and he was, yeah, I mean, I guess he could do good, but I don't plan on having any Carlos Martinez. And then he came back with an aside a little bit later saying, actually, after looking at these other pitchers, Carlos Martinez isn't the worst idea in the world. and So I'm going to be playing some Carlos Martinez. Guys like Merrill Kelly, Kyle Gibson. I don't like doing it, but I'm – I am going to play some of them. And of course, we talk about the cheaper guys, Patrick Sandoval, Josh Lindblom, even Zach Davies. Zach Davies is one of the safer options on this slate. I think you can play any of these guys and be okay. And, you know, out, this is another one of those slates like we had last night where pitching is very unlikely to win it for you. It can lose it for you if you roster a guy like Fulton It can lose it for you if you roster a guy like Josh James at 70% ownership. But, from a standpoint of, you know, you're going to get a 40 point outing from one of these guys, it ain't going to happen. And so cards, like you kind of said, mix and match them. Don't get too cute. Hope you don't get blown up.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's why, that's why Davies is more relevant than he would normally be on a, you know, on a slate with 10 games. I mean, you're normally not going to play an $8,000 Zach Davies, but, uh, you know who are you going to play. You're going to play Mengden. I mean, Framber Valdez uh, gets gets a good number of ground balls, but uh, against the Dodgers, it, it's it's just an ugly, ugly pitching slate. Which leads me back to why I'll just take the path of least resistance and take a cheap guy. And uh, Limbo will probably be the guy that I have. You know, the I'm most overweight on compared to the field. Yep, and don't forget, you
0: can leave salary on the table if you end up rostering. Patrick Sandoval and Josh Lindblom, you are not required to fill up that $50,000 salary cap on DraftKings or the $60,000 salary cap on FanDuel. This is another one of those slates like we talked about last night. Do not be afraid to leave money on the table when you're building your lineup. Let's talk some offenses because, you know, once again, we're going to have, um, you know, Boston, J.D. Martinez is going to be chalk. I'm a little bit surprised we don't have higher ownership on these Boston guys. Did you think that four days into the season, we'd be seeing chalk Kansas city Royals day?
1: (laughs) Well, after last night, I guess uh, there's no doubt. I mean, look, they're facing a a bad team uh, with a bad pitching staff. That's throwing out a rule five pick tonight. Um, It's you know, and they're cheap, too. I mean, on DK, they're all under $4,000. Merrifield's the most expensive at 3800 So when you've you got that kind of matchup, you got a pretty high team total. The total in that game is 11 It should be a pretty close game. And you're facing a Rule 5 guy uh, and, you know, an underwhelming bullpen. Well, now you see why everybody's going to roster Merrifield and Solaire and Sal Perez on DK where you need to catch her. It's they're cheap and they have a good matchup.
0: Yeah. And again, you're not going to feel great about rostering though. The total is 11 in there. I mean, is it a little bit weird to you? And I always love this spot because the Royals are going to be 15, 20% owned. Meanwhile, they are a pick against the Tigers and the Tigers aren't going to be owned at all. Like to me, instead of the Royals, I'd much rather play the Tigers, you know, play some, and I understand that these guys aren't great some CJ Chrome, some Christian Stewart, Jonathan Scope. Like, I would rather play the Tigers than the Royals. Am I, am I going crazy here?
1: In terms of DFS based on ownership, yes. um, <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, you look at the ownership percentages if you're playing tournaments. Um, you know, in this parallel, this is a good parallel to last night. And if you played on DraftKings last night, Right, the Mets were facing Boston and they were Boston basically made it a bullpen game. Um, Osage or somebody started, and then they used Zach Godley in long relief. Um, and then the Mets were starting former Cardinal uh, rookie superstar Michael Waka, and the Red Sox were all cheap on DraftKings, like Ben was thirty seven hundred, JD Martinez, relatively speaking, was like forty seven hundred. And all the Mets, like Ahmed Rosario was 5K and Pete <laughs> Alonso was 5,600 and McNeil was 5,500. And so what everybody did, well, everybody played Boston because Boston was cheaper and they're facing Michael Walker and Michael Walker stinks. Uh, but then what happened? You know, uh, Alonzo hit a two-run homer. The Mets hit a – Conforto hit a, hit a two-run homer. Uh, the Mets hit, you know, three or four home runs and won the game. So a lot of times, especially now – salary matters less than uh, than, you know, than ownership does in some of these cases, because normally you'd say, well, I need to save that salary so that I can spend up on pitching. But what's the point of spending up on pitching right now when none of the pitchers are going deep into the game? So in that case, I tend to look at ownership a little bit more. And, and this is the same case. A lot of those bigger Detroit bats are more expensive. Why why play Nico Goodrum at, Forty-two hundred when I can play Maryfield on the other side at thirty-eight hundred, you know different positions, but that's the argument. Uh, well, Maryfield's going to be twenty percent owned, and Goodrum's going to be three percent owned, and you know Sal Perez is going to be thirty percent owned. So, if you like the game to shoot out, uh, I don't mind grabbing some exposure to uh, some of those Detroit guys. At uh, I mean, basically everybody at five percent owned or less.
0: Yeah, and you know if you want to play. The KC guys with the Detroit guys, I think that's perfectly fine. You want to game stack this up? Nobody's going to be doing that. And if the hitting conditions are good for Kansas City, you know, people are going to cite that. Well, they're good for Detroit too. And though you might not feel as comfortable rostering these Detroit guys, you didn't feel comfortable rostering Kansas City guys either yesterday, and they went absolutely bonkers. The big uh, the other big total game we have, the Mets at Boston again. It's David Peterson, Matt Hall, a couple of you know trash lefties, 11 and a half run total um some rain expected here but nothing that should mess with the game when i look at these guys i mean I, I don't care which side you take i think they're both fine we're gonna see i'm just taking a look it looks like we're gonna see a little bit more ownership on the mets which is funny after last night it was all in Boston <laughs> but i mean Jose Peraza leading off if you're playing cash games he's one of the first guys in your cash game lineup with 2.6k over under draft games. but in tournaments I mean, guys like JD Martinez, yeah, he's gonna be popular. I think he's fine. Kevin Pilar has always been okay against lefties, Michael Chavis. He's cheap, 2.7k hitting sixth. I think a lot of these Boston bats are in play, as are the Mets. Do you have a lean here?
1: Um I I mean, I think I lean towards Boston just because, you know, the public sentiment is trending the other way. Um you mentioned some trash lefties on the mound, so obviously JD Martinez, uh, Bogarts, Peraza leading off. I, I mean, I think you pick your spots just because some of those guys have such good matchups. Uh, they're and they're they're cheap. You know, Chavis at uh, twenty seven hundred on DraftKings is fine too. You, know, you can run it back with somebody from the Mets, but just a little uncomfortable paying. 5.3k for Jeff McNeil at almost 20% ownership. That just doesn't feel right. No offense to Jeff McNeil. Um, but
0: Big fan of the show. He's probably listening. Uh, to <laughs> right now.
1: I don't know that full stacking the Mets is high on my priority list tonight, simply because you have a lot of other teams with similar run expectations uh, with with lower ownership. I mean, there's six or seven teams with uh, run projected run totals of like four point seven or or higher, so um, not going to fault you if you do stack the Mets, but they're expensive they're going to be a little bit chalky, and if I'm doing that, you know I'd rather even I'd rather even stack Houston given their offense uh, with Bueller only pitching a few innings for the Dodgers, and you know nobody's going to be doing that so don't be afraid to get a little bit different
0: you know you mentioned Houston I think it's a really good tournament stack because. Anytime you can get a team like Houston with all the talent in the world, even if they're not banging on trash cans, you know, they're still okay at hitting the baseball. You know, you're going to get Alex Bregman at 5%. And, again, you're not excited to do it against Walker Buehler, but like we've talked about, he ain't going more than three innings. So Bregman, Altuve, Springer, Brantley, it is very rare to see this Houston offense at 1% to 5%. And you look at Altuve at 8%. You know, Springer six percent. Everybody else is under five percent. I think you make a really good point here. And the other side of this game, it's going to get a little bit more ownership. But I'm still a little bit surprised to see it as low as it is because Framber Valdez. I know he's the guy that gets a ton of ground balls, but it's not like we're talking about an all star starter here. You know, it's not like we're saying, "Oh, we, you can't play the Dodgers because of Framber Valdez." That that's not a real sentence that you should be saying. So I think the Dod- I think this game as a whole is going to go a little bit overlooked. And I kind of think that's a mistake because you got two of the absolute best offenses in the league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got great offenses and, uh, and guys that people aren't going to target tonight. So um, I, I like it. I know that, you know, there's some pinch hit risk for some of the, the, the guys in the uh, Dodgers lineup. I mean, Chris Taylor's hitting fifth, but uh, right. comes in later in the game, you know, you probably see Jock Peterson come in there. Uh, but, it's just a spot where you're going to see all these guys on these two offenses at lower ownership than you otherwise would. So uh, don't mind this as a tournament stack as well.
0: I'm a little disappointed that Kiki Hernandez is hitting eighth. I thought for sure this was going to be a Kiki Hernandez. It's fifth or sixth night. And I was going to plug and play it everywhere at three K over on draft. It's not the case though. We got to talk about the angels too, because this is a stack that I've got a ton of interest in Anthony Rendon. Don't expect it back tonight. Mike Trout, of course, Anytime against anybody, but especially against the lefty, especially against the bad lefty is in play. Justin Upson against the lefty, I've interested in. Shohei Otani, lefty on lefty matchup, but nobody's going to play Otani, which seems like a mistake. I feel like these Angels are going to be, maybe outside of Trout, a little bit overlooked in against Justice Sheffield, who's not a good lefty, and against a bad bullpen. I think the Angels are real interesting.
1: Yeah, and their team total is pretty high as well. Obviously, people will play Trout, particularly if they have their salary available if they're spending up a pitcher. So, uh or excuse me, if they're saving salary at pitchers. So then, you know, you've got the salary to spend on a 6K Mike Trout. Um it's risky but doing an Angel stack without Mike Trout could be a way to get a little bit weird in a super top heavy tournament tonight if you want to do that. Obviously, you know, it takes some stones to do a, an Angel stack without Mike Trout, but uh, throwing that out there. i wouldn't do idea. that i'm not
0: doing that no 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 i'll 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 save that for all if you
1: were doing better. 50 angel stacks you wouldn't make a couple of them without mike trout if i had
0: i well, yeah, i would probably have 45 with mike trout on it so okay
1: okay so then you have five without mike trout Get fi- to mike. I have five losers
0: for sure <laughs> five
1: donations yep um yeah, I mean, don't go nuts with that. Don't go 100 lineups with no Mike Trout if you're playing the Angels. The most likely scenario, if the Angels are scoring a bunch of runs, is that he has a hand in that in some fashion. So, um got to keep an eye out for the lineup. I don't think we have that one yet, at least not the last time I had refreshed. So, to make sure that Rendon is back, uh make sure Otani's in there, you know, since he just pitched – uh didn't record an out, but did pitch a couple days ago. Um, put the pitch I thought for and- sure
0: the day after he didn't record an out. I played him so much. At DFS. I thought for sure he was going to have a few bleep U-bombs, and it did not work out. Okay, okay. we got a little bit of news cards, and uh, nothing corona-related, so we're okay. How many pitches would Walker Buehler be, ha- like, be allowed to throw before you would want to play it?
1: I mean, at 11,000... 000- Eleven thousand. in the context of the slate. There's nobody
0: else good. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um. At least. At least seventy. Okay. Well, the Dodgers have announced that Walker Buehler is going to be on a seventy-five pitch limit.
1: So it's the Dodgers. So you have to take that number and then divide <laughs> by six and <laughs> multiply by four and then take the square root of that. No, I. I it's all. It's all relative. Um, this maybe limits my desire to stack Houston. Yes, I would agree. a little bit. Um, but Bueller's still the most expensive pitcher on the slate. If he finishes the fourth inning at, like, if he finishes the fourth inning at sixty-six pitches, they're not bringing him back out. Even though he's not at they seventy-five, bite. they might. No, they're not. They're, they're, <laughs> they're not. The Dodgers are not doing that. So. I don't know. I don't want to just call BS on the 75 being the number. Um, but if, you know, if the over-under is 71 and a half, I'm going to say that he ends up under that.
0: It's true. We have made mistakes about trusting uh, Dave Roberts before. We should be careful when we're talking about doing it this time. I, can he get five? I mean, this Astros team, look, they haven't been great to start the season. You know, they're not cheating this year, which makes a difference. Could we get five innings with 75 pitches? If we have five innings to walk with Mueller tonight, man. I want him.
1: Yeah, I just don't think you're going to. I you mean, you un- look
0: so uncomfortable right now. What's that? You look so uncomfortable. Well, right part now. of the reason
1: I look uncomfortable, I just saw a tweet that says, um, uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today tells uh, 93.7 the fan radio station that the Marlins outbreak started because. When they were playing an exhibition game in Atlanta, the Miami players left their hotel in Atlanta to go out and have a good time. Um, which, if true, they is got annoyed, that gold Club. <laughs> they met up with Lou Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and this just goes to I don't mean to derail the show, but the pitching's so bad tonight, anyways. Um, that without the bubble concept, like things like this are going to happen if you're expecting teams to play football. Um, I think it was Devin McCourty that came out and said, you know, hey, I've got photos and videos of guys at nightclubs and bars and, I mean, football players doing it. And, and you see how this outbreak goes that quickly through the Marlins. Well, imagine a more contact-oriented sport like football. I mean, baseball is going to be in jeopardy if, if what happens with the Marlins happens with any other team. One happens, more team is going yeah, to One more team. It's just going to derail the schedule so much that it's going to be impossible. And uh, all it takes is one person to be stupid and then hang out with two or three others on the team. And then, you know, off you go. So um, I don't know. It's probably going to make its rounds through the news wires tonight, whether, you know, he's not the most reliable reporter at times, but, uh, yeah, well, I you mean, know, he, I, I
0: agree with Bob Nightingale reported it. Like he was the one out of the clubs in Atlanta and it definitely was not the Miami Marlins.
1: <laughs> we'll find out.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh. I stay like stay home. Like stop it! Don't go out to the clubs. You do not need to do that. It's just, uh, uh, especially when we're trying to get sports back. Your point about football, though, I'm not so sure we're getting football, and it's going to break my heart because it's every time I try and sit down to start uh, preparing for football, I just get sad and move on to something else, usually food. I mean,
1: you've been uh, banging the drum at no football for a while. So if there is no football, at least you can say you were right. I don't want to be right.
0: (laughs) I would love to be wrong on this. I have no desire to say, look, I told you we were going to have football. Like, I, no, I don't want to be right on here.
1: I'm just trying to give you a consolation prize.
0: I don't don't need a consolation prize. I need sports. Um, A few in the chat want to know about some Rocky stacks tonight. uh, Daniel Mangans. He's one of these guys I don't play and I don't pick on. You know, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, I suppose you can always play him. They're probably not going to be in my player pool. Are you messing with the Rockies at all?
1: You know, I don't hate that game um, as uh, one that's a little bit more off the radar tonight. Um, So if you're building a bunch of GPP lineups and you're putting in a $3 contest that's top-heavy or a $10, $15 – I'll probably stack up that game a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, I, I feel a little silly because I was talking about the Dodgers and well, I don't care if it's a ground ball pitcher. I still like that offense. You know, whereas right here I'm like, yeah, the Rockies are facing a ground ball pitcher. I'm not that excited. Tonya Senzatella on the other side with the A's. I, I don't know. I, the A's are one of these teams that I feel like we should just stack every night. Like, you know, it's a little bit like the Twins, a little bit like the Yankees a little bit like the uh, Dodgers, but the A's are always the lower owned of those, that crew. And you never know who it's going to be. It could be Marcus Simeon, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. Mark Connor the other night crushed it. You know, Chris Davis, I don't know. Is he even he striking out a lot lately still? I haven't been paying much attention to Chris Davis. Oh,
1: Chris Davis day. with a K or Chris Davis with Yeah, with a, a K. Chris, they're Chris both K striking out a per-
0: lot. It doesn't matter. I know. Yeah, The answer is yes.
1: Chris Davis <laughs> with a C is perpetually striking out, except they aren't right now because the Orioles haven't been allowed to play. Um let me see what his uh stat line is here if I can learn to type. So I mean
0: I'm just like the A's is one of the they're one of these teams that I'm not in love with tonight, but you should probably have a little bit of a exposure if you're multi-entering. If I'm single entering, probably not the team I'm gonna play, but as far as multi-entering goes, I sort of like the A's.
1: Yeah, he's hitless so far with five K's in three games. So that oh,
0: boy, that's about right. <laughs>
1: But the home run is coming. That'll be the first hit. So, someday. <laughs> I, I don't hate that game in tournaments. It's it's overlooked. Um, you've got a total of nine and a half. You know, it's not – if that game wasn't – it's just funny. If that game was in Coors, if it was the Rockies' home opener, oh, um, the ownership percentage would be like 10X or 8X what it is right now. So, you know, if you're getting a little bit different, if you want to get away from the Red Sox, the Mets – uh Kansas City you know those popular teams tonight I don't mind that game
0: uh QQ from Daniel Patterson he wants to know would you play Rendon after coming back from his injury and making his debut I have no problem with Anthony Rendon tonight not none yeah I mean I
1: I think if they're playing him he's good to go so I I don't see any reason why you need to avoid Rendon
0: you mean they're not going to invest 300 million dollars in a guy then rush him back during a shortened season
1: yeah, I wouldn't think so. Um <laughs> but you know we don't have their lineup yet. So again, we got to make sure that he's in there. Um and, and I haven't seen whether they plan to DH him tonight or whether they plan to let him play the field. I, I don't know. Um but well, again, so if they see. if they DH
0: him, that means our boy Albert's going to be in the field
1: or not playing. Yeah, so <laughs> you yeah, know the, the the Angels have a standby list for DHs. Um which by the way, for our Cardinals, what a bad luck change of ruling right after they got rid of Jose Martinez right to have the DH in the National League um, as I watched him hit a home run out of the cleanup spot for Tampa last <laughs> night. So um, I digress a little. But uh, yeah, it, it remains to be seen if Rendon is confirmed in there. But if he's in there tonight, you got to presume he's good to go.
0: Um, the question I'm showing on the screen, are the green numbers it, to the right of their salaries their projections? Yes, those are the projections the Roto-Grinders projections. We got a lot of questions about our Cardinals tonight. They're underdogs in Minnesota against Homer Bailey. You can always stack against Homer Bailey. Never a bad idea. First call, Paul Goldschmidt, he's been playing well. I don't expect him to be popular. They're not at the top of my list, but, I mean, they're, you know, they're in a handful of teams that are just fine as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, the Cardinals have actually hit uh, Homer Bailey well during his career. His numbers with the Reds against the Cardinals were not good. Obviously, different roster, um, but the Cardinals do have a pretty extensive library of uh, Homer Bailey materials because he faced them so much as a member of the Reds. So, um, agreed, they're not at the top of my list either. Um, I actually like the under in this game. I think 10.5 is a pretty big number with Martinez pitching for the Cardinals. Uh, Both of these teams have competent enough bullpens. Uh, and they had the day off yesterday, so all their good arms should be ready to go. I, I think um, that the under in that game is a is a solid a solid bet. So um, I, here, here. we got
0: we got to talk about your sharp side, is yeah. That that, sharp and that's of- not
1: it. Um, although I might retroactively uh, change my mind and decide that that is it because uh, the bet that I selected earlier was Houston plus one fifteen against oh, the Dodgers, no. um, and I did that kind of under the assumption that that Bueller um would not be pitching more than three or four innings for the Dodgers now you know maybe he gets to go a little bit longer I still like Houston I I think there's some value in them being a home underdog I, I don't think only in the most extreme of cases should that team ever be a home underdog uh so I still don't mind Houston but given the Bueller news that he might be stretched out just a little bit more I still don't completely buy it uh but assuming that happens maybe I will uh I will change my pick to the under in the Cardinals game, which I actually think I am uh, going to bet tonight. So, um, you know, under 10 in the uh, Cardinals-Twins game, maybe if you can get it at 10.5. I think I saw it 10.5 earlier uh, in some places. So that uh, that would be my new pick if if you're too afraid of Bueller uh, going a little bit longer.
0: And my lock of the day was taking the under in the Padres-Giants game. I, I understand that there might be pitch concern issues, but – To me, this is going to be one of those games that ends three to two or four to two, and I'm just I just don't have a lot of interest from an offensive standpoint. Anytime I can take the under in the Giants Park, I'm going to do it, and I think Zach Davies throws well tonight. He's actually going to be one of my higher own pitchers, and um, that is awfully a depressing sentence to say. That's where we were at on this Tuesday. A couple more questions: Yelich or J.D. Martinez? Okay, Herbert, you got to let me know. Or is this a tournament? Who is your stack? You know, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, and you guys got to understand the question if it's a 1v1 is always, and I mean always, who does your team correlate with? If you've got a lot of Red Stocks, you play J.D. Martinez. If you've got a lot of Brewers, you play Christian Yelich. That's just how it is. If you're, you know, looking for a one-off, look, I think J.D. is – the most likely guy to do well, he's also going to be about three times his own as Christian Yelich. So I'm going to roll Christian Yelich because I think the projections are close enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't be scared off of the lefty-lefty matchup with Yelich at all. He's fine. Um, Martinez is going to be chalky. And, and if you're, you know, if you're rolling any kind of um, safe contest or a three man or something like that, I think you play, jd martinez but uh, yelich always has that uh, two home run upside and he won't be highly owned because people get scared off with lefty lefty even though it's a bad lefty uh, and the park factor as well i mean pittsburgh not a great park to hit but uh, yelich can can hit him out of anywhere
0: yeah and you know he said that he was stacking both milwaukee and boston and um to me like you boston can get there without jd martinez crushing. there are enough other names with the Boston Red Sox offense. You, are, you know you could have Rafael Devers, Xander Bogart, Michael Chavis all hit dongs, and that's how you get there. It's tough for Milwaukee to get there. <laughs> Christian Yelich is crushing. So to me, it's definitely Yelich in that as well. Did you see Britt Devine in the chat helping you out? I did not. He uh, says he uh, likes, he likes St. the Cardinals. Louis.
1: He, and, he's been on the Cardinals. He was on the Cardinals on Sunday too, and they lost. So maybe that's Britt's fault. Well, I was gonna. Um, I was
0: gonna ask you about you know your your sports betting with Britt. How he just like, he's finally giving back to you instead of you having to give him the golf picks.
1: <laughs> All the golf winners. Uh, we've got two winners the last five weeks in golf. Uh, but Britt didn't bet the first one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was in that
0: room. He asked you <laughs> we, for the picks and he we didn't.
1: Did, bet. We got the got one back a few weeks ago. But uh, we do have some lineups. Our uh, our old man Pujols is in the field tonight. Woo! Um, and Rendon is in the lineup, but Rendon's also in the field. So he is playing third. They've got Otani DHing tonight. Uh, otherwise, that lineup is about what you would expect from the Angels. They've shifted batting order positions around a little bit with Rendon back. He's sitting third. Otani's sitting fifth. They moved La Stella down to seventh. So uh, that's the Angels lineup. A's lineup is also out, uh, which basically contains a whole lot of not many changes. They do have their backup catcher in there tonight. Uh, and those are a couple of the West Coast lineups
0: that we've gotten in the last 10 minutes. Had you ever heard of Austin Allen before this very moment?
1: Uh, no, I had not. Okay, I he is now make- a backup catcher for the A's, so he's going to go in some A's stacks, so welcome to the team.
0: Yeah, well, welcome aboard, buddy. Hope you're getting an Austin Allen jersey after tonight. Um, you mentioned the Angels with Rendon being in there. They are a really, really easy team to stack because David Fletcher at the top is incredibly cheap. I talked earlier about Jose Peraza in cash games. I think David Fletcher's another one of those guys. If you're playing cash, you're throwing him in there, leading off against Justice Sheffield, right and lefty matchup for only 3.2K. You obviously are going to throw Trout and Rendon in there. And then any of these other guys, You know, I don't even hate throwing Albert Pujols in a stack. You know, isn't it a little disrespectful how much Angels fans hate Albert Pujols?
1: <laughs> I mean... You look. You didn't have him for the best ten years of his career, and now you're paying him uh, Buku dollars for uh, a guy that can barely, you know, barely run down to first base. Like, um, is it disrespectful as from a Cardinal fan perspective? We're a little biased, um, but and I'm trying to think of a parallel, like uh, you know, a team that I like that got somebody on the downside of their career. Uh, but you it's hard.
0: Uh, Nick Nick Foles.
1: Is that is that <laughs> one <laughs> i um i mean it's not it's not to the extent of pool you know you got a hall of famer that basically uh has you know has fallen off a cliff but everybody saw this coming like it, it was yes. it was so obvious that the foot i mean his foot problem started when he still played for the cardinals um and, and everybody and in st he, louis
0: knew he was older than um, right yeah
1: you had the whole age issue and you know, and the fact that he already played for a dozen years and you're giving him how much money? Like, it was sad to see him go as a Cardinal fan, but it was so obvious that it was it would have been detrimental to the franchise to pay to keep him. And, you know, it is what it is. It's a terrible deal for the Angels and, uh, and it worked out for the Cardinals. And it, it, it's, it's sports. It sucks to see your favorite players go to another team, uh, but it's business.
0: Okay. Last question. Your favorite pitcher tonight, your favorite tournament pitcher tonight. It's not Walker Bueller anymore, is it? Uh,
1: (laughs) I mean, I think Carlos Martinez is on the list. Uh, I think Limbaum is on the list. I think it would be one of those two guys, depending on the salary that you have available.
0: All right. We got to jump off here for you premium members. We've got Roth, Cardi and Tuttle coming up on crunch time. Locke is here in about 30 minutes. Get those lineups in guys. I know cards and myself we have to go build some lineups now appreciate you guys tuning in thanks for watching you've been watching grinders live on roto grinders we'll catch y'all later peace